In his commentary on Exodus 17, another of the readings from this morning's lectionary, biblical scholar Matthew Henry says this, we may be in the way on the path of our duty and yet may meet with troubles which providence brings us into for the trial of our faith so that God may be glorified in our relief. He's building on the Exodus story. We all remember traveling through the desert, the stiff-necked people getting tired of Moses and eating manna and quail. As someone said yesterday, how many ways can you eat manna and quail and quail and manna? And they were thirsty and there was no water. And so they complained to Moses and they said, we were better off under the Egyptians. And in the course of the exchange, God goes to Mo Moses goes to God and God says, go to Mount Horeb, take your staff, and when you strike it, water will gush forth. We may be on the path of our duty and yet may meet with troubles which providence brings us so that the trial of our faith may glorify God in our relief of that trial. Now, some people of faith seem to have a little more faith, if you know what I mean. And I count all of you among those who have a little more faith and are just about able to see everything as an opportunity to glorify God. And by that, if you look up the word glorify, you will find its meaning to reveal or to make more clear the glory of God by one's own actions. It always sort of bothered me that we somehow had power to glorify God. I don't think God needs us to glorify God. But we can reveal God in our lives to others. And the struggle of the Hebrews, the thirst, the trials they experienced, were in their way. And they became a way for them to glorify God by their actions. It's a simple lesson. But simply, this is the way to proceed in our life, that all things we do, may they be done in such a way that our actions make clearer to others the presence of God in our lives. To trust in God, no matter what. That no matter what, we will be taken care of. And in the process, we will let others know of God as well. It is a way of seeing life and being in life in the way one might be in love. And so much of the writings of the First and the Second Testaments and the writings of the many other holy books are about being in life in this way, seeing everything as a chance to bring glory to God, to reveal God, to make God more clear for others to see through them and their behaviors as I see God through you. Now, it is something that I know I will never fully achieve. It is a path that I know I will never fully travel in this lifetime to such a place. 
But it is my, and perhaps you would agree, our work, our call to practice such things and to stay on the path. For to do so, for me, and maybe you would agree, for you, to do so is to wither away into contentiousness, disagreements, bitterness, self-centeredness, hatefulness, self-destruction, stiff-necked people. You get the idea. And Paul, in his letter to the Philippians, says all of this in his very wonderful way. He says this, which was read for us by Debbie. If you've, got, if, you, if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if His love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others to get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own way. Forget yourselves long enough, at least to help another. In other words, let all of your actions glorify God, which for Paul and for many others is to follow Christ. And there are other traditions here among us, and we acknowledge other traditions among us. And every book, every sacred text that other traditions follow, to the best of my knowledge, says this same thing, perhaps in different words, but the same thing. Teilhard de Chardin, the French philosopher and Jesuit priest, is known to many by his prayers and his writings. And among those prayers is one called patient trust. Now, Paul's exhortation to forgetting ourselves long enough to lend a helping hand reminds me of Deschardin's words. Listen in his prayer for the voice that speaks in your own heart about the journey we are on and the time it takes and the sometimes slow process of growing spiritually to the degree we wish we knew we would have now. Patient Trust by Taylor de Chardin. Above all, trust in the slow work of God. We are quite naturally impatient in everything to reach the end without delay. We would like to skip the intermediate steps. We are impatient of being on the way to something unknown, something new. And yet it is the law of all progress that it is made by passing through some stages of instability. And that it may also take a very long time. Don't try to force them on. As though you could be today with time, that is to say, grace and circumstances acting on your own goodwill will make of you tomorrow. Only God could say what this new spirit gradually forming in you will be. Give our Lord the benefit of believing that his hand is leading you, 
and accept the anxiety of feeling yourself in suspense and incomplete. Incomplete. From the earliest of ages, we are taught to complete things. Get those assignments done. Finish that job. And there's nothing wrong with completing things on time. So I'm told. <laughs> the problem is, when we translate matters of this world and our pragmatic selves and overlay that on the spiritual universe of God with prescriptions that we think we can control, well, everything sort of goes hooey. In other words, we start to slip into a space where we want God and spirituality and all of these gifts we pray and hope for to come to us in our human ways of making them happen, in our human ways of achieving or knowing things. We want to see it done, touch it, feel it, add it up, experience its full benefit, know it with certainty, conviction, and proofs. The spiritual world, the universe within the dimension of God and faith, simply does not work like this. And Jesus knew this well. And he used it to demonstrate the great divide between the authority of those in positions on earth and the authority of God all around. In some ways, the leaders and the high priests in Matthew's Gospel this morning that Katie read for us they challenged to Jesus. In some ways, they had every right to do that, if you think about it. Here's this itinerant preacher, this rabbi, this prophet, some call, wandering into the temple, teaching in a way that contradicted their teachings, if not the long-forgotten truths of their hearts. Who authorized you to teach here? Probably by then, had they been listening with those long-forgotten hearts of theirs, they would have known who authorized Jesus to teach there. But we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And so Jesus asked them a question instead. He asked them a question that will betray their hypocrisy or bring the crowds down upon them. He places them squarely needing to choose between their own constructed authority of God or between the one that they know in their hearts that they've forgotten somehow. And since the two were so far apart, since they had lost the ability to bridge toward God without giving up themselves, they had no reply. Their authority, their way of life, their power, and their convictions were all more important to them. They who set the trap for Jesus were the ones trapped by those things themselves. Chardin once again, De Chardin once again, and yet it is the law of all progress that it is made by passing through some stages of instability and that it may take a very long time. Yeah? Jesus brought instability to the world that had too long veered off course, forgetting that our purpose our only purpose is to glorify God by our actions and not to try and usurp God by our authority. Now there is a debate on some edges of our political spectrum about science. Has anybody noticed? Science has suddenly become a topic in our season of debates, 
Some see science as the usurpment of God's authority, and some see it as the glorification or revelation of God and God's authority and wonder. Just this week, right out of Star Wars, the existence of a circumbinary planet was revealed. Anybody know what a circumbinary planet is? Anybody know what Tutuine is? Tell me. It's the planet where Luke Skywalker is from. Did you expect him here this morning? There you go. And it was a circumbinary planet. It's a planet that is circled or circles around two suns. Two suns orbit it. And it was more than 30 years ago in Tataune, the world with the two suns and a double sunset, that it was portrayed in the film of Star Wars as science fiction. Today it is a fact with the discovery now named Kepler-16b, named for the NASA Kepler mission, which was sent out to discover worlds where no one has gone before. Ah, gotcha. To me, this new thing that was before We have participatory sermons at Yahoo. <laughs> so jump right in anytime. So this thing that was thought of scientific, science fiction before is suddenly reality. And to me, it is a magnificent statement about the wildly inclusive and imaginative, far beyond our understanding, being of God, whatever God is. I mean, with a God this wonderful that can create these things that are only imaginary and then suddenly turn out to be real, what on earth are we afraid of? Well, except maybe for things on earth. That bridge, the one the teachers and the high priests forgot about. And as if that wasn't enough, also this week's scientists at CERN CERN laboratories in Europe and experiments performed in the Large Hadron Supercollider, which is 154 feet below the Franco-Swiss border in Europe, has an ellipse of about 17.1 miles. It is a super, a super collider. It accelerates particles in an attempt to try and get back to that moment of when the Big Bang occurred. In this process, they conducted a test that in fact prove the particles, so they believe, can exceed the speed of light. Right? 286,282 miles per second was the speed of light, is the speed of light. And this particle they accelerated exceeded that. Sound like not a big deal? Well, it is. Because if these results are verified, this discovery turns Einstein's theory and laws of physics, indeed all laws of physics, upside down. Since all these laws are based on never being able to escape the speed of light. Not only does it parallel Star Trek's warp speed engine, Scotty, get me to warp speed. Not only does it create the real possibility of time travel, for to exceed the speed of light is to overtake time as we know it, but it changes everything including the way in which 
we can now glorify or reveal God. Once more, God has exceeded our ability to know what we think we know and to make sure what we think is unchangeable. And who would want a God that could be in any other way? Who would want a God that we could define and limit by what we think? And once again, God has proved that God is no such God. This is the God that has led the Hebrews out of captivity. This is the God that reveals in Jesus the Christ that Paul exhorts his believers to follow and to trust in. This is the God upon whose authority Jesus acted and continues to act today. This is the God Jesus knew in ways that we may never know, but we can believe in. One who studies the mind, body, and spirit relationship said this, stop for a moment and just think of the allness of God with no beginning or end, with universal scope, and surround yourself in this. Or as Paul said, if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made a difference in any of your lives, if being in community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor, agree with each other, love each other, be deep-seated friends, deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside. Help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Quit thinking that you know everything is the way that you think it is. There is more than we know to the now and what follows. And it is all to the glory of God if we just give it and ourselves and one another a chance. Amen.